Hey, this is TNA Knockout Gail Kim, and you're listening to the Rough House Podcast. Behold, a podcast for the ages, recorded live from the interdimensional terror vortex of their subterranean dwellings comes the Rough House Podcast version 3.0. Two galactic warriors put down their war hammers and battle axes to perform a more noble task. Complaining about professional wrestling on internet purchased microphones. Now with more Simpsons references and Kota Ibushi thirst. This is the Rough House Podcast with Marty and Kristoff. Hello everybody and welcome to the Rough House Podcast, episode 350. Oh, oh should, should we have done something special? Probably not. Uh, December 3rd, 2023. It's December, Chris. Yeah, amazingly so. Yeah. I just got used to writing 2023 <laughs> when I write, which I never do. Which you uh, never do. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm Marty, by the way. I'm Chris. And uh, yes. I don't even know what I go by anymore. Yeah. Identity crisis you, in my you 40s. Are, um, you're a man of mystery, Chris. That's sure. You yeah, are. That's it. No, you um, read me like a fucking book, my guy. <laughs> Uh, this is a pro wrestling podcast. Thank you for joining us. If you enjoy what you're listening to, please, by all means, head to patreon.com slash roughhouse podcast. Join us for bonus episodes, including uh, last week's rather epic edition of Schlegel Soapbox. Yes, just highly recommend. On one. Um, and hey, another fun thing that I need to talk about. I, I li- literally have to talk about this here. Literally. A year ago today, Chris. Super art fight, flying V fights out of Silver Spring, Maryland. We got uh-huh. together for a sold out show. Sure did. Coming up last weekend of January, Friday night, Saturday night. We're doing it again. Two nights, two shows at the Silver Spring Black Box Theater. Friday night is a super art fight show. Saturday is a flying V fight show. You're going to be seeing stars from both organizations pop up on each other's shows. Uh-huh. A really awesome weekend. We have so many cool things planned. Tickets went on sale earlier this week. If you want to make a weekend out of it, you save money by buying both together. But uh, I, I am so stoked for this. I, I, I The things we're talking about doing are so fun and so cool and so ridiculous. I mean, Super Art Fight as a show was always built on being sort of uh, pro wrestling adjacent. Sure. Yeah. So this really is a chocolate and peanut butter situation. Yeah. And, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really, really stoked. And hey, maybe Chris will finally come out to a show. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Toasty in here this morning. Hey, it's okay. I still haven't seen you do trivia. You do it a lot more than I do our fights. So, wow. Uh, okay, yeah. The, the one, uh, the one day of the year where the uh, uh, Flying V and Super Art Fight battle yes. for brand supremacy <laughs> for the two days a year, the one weekend a year. Yes. Uh, there you uh, go. Friday, January twenty sixth. Saturday, January 27th. Oh, damn, I'm booked that day. Sorry. Oh, okay. I can't. It's all right. It's, you're booked all both. I get book, it. I get it. I'm booked that weekend. I got a, a weekend-long trivia tournament <laughs> in Poughkeepsie. Uh, but I'd love to see Rough House listeners out there. Uh, it, it, it'll be a great time. You'll have a, a, a wonderful evening both nights. And if you make it for the whole weekend, it'll be a great time. So, yeah, superartfight.com or flyingvtheatre.com for tickets, details, and more. Fancy. Yes, they are fancy because, you know, besides doing wrestling shows, they're a legit theater group. So they've got that yeah. going for them, um, which is nice. Yes. 
Uh, but yeah, I had to plug that at the top of the show, Chris. Sure. Yeah. I, I appreciate yeah, you letting me get into that before we get into this. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. No, just bring the burns. Keep the uh, world wrestling federation for over 50 years, the revolutionary force in sports entertainment. Well, Chris, he's back. Because Which the one? best in the world is back, and the best no. in the world is standing in the middle of the ring, live and in living color in Nashville, Tennessee, uh-huh. on a Monday night, and his name is... That was the end of the main event promo on Monday night. Uh, so they made, they made people stick around all three hours for that. Yes, indeed they did. I mean, he had a full like six minute promo just talking about how nice it is to be back home. Shit. Yeah. Yeah, I watched that clip of the promo and you can kind of see the deadness in his eyes. Yes. Um, it was a three hour raw. They made the first hour commercial free. Uh, really the two big draws were, oh, okay. Randy Orton is returning. CM Punk is returning at the end of the show. Um, yeah, he's, he's back. They haven't really said specifically, you know, who he's going to be going against. There's, there were some hints in that promo. Mm -hmm. There have been hints from what other people said on the show. Seth Rollins, you know, talking considerable smack about Mr. Punk, both uh, on the show and in as many press interviews as he can do. Um, So I assume that's the first thing. I don't know if that means he's going to do it at the Rumble. I don't know if that means he's going to do it at Mania. But uh, he also made some Dusty Rhodes references and made references to (laughs) his wise man who we used to listen to. So a Paul Heyman reference there as it sounds like we are heading toward an eventual CM Punk Roman Reigns program. Well, you can't bring CM Punk back and not put him up against Roman Reigns at some point. I mean, that would be foolhardy. Sure. I do kind of wonder though, and uh, I'd love to hear your thought on this, Chris. So probably up until last week, It was a foregone conclusion. Cody Rhodes, Roman Reigns, round two, WrestleMania, Philadelphia. Finally, the story comes to an end as Cody wins the title. Do you hold off even further so you can do punk reigns for the belt? (laughs) Oh, wow. I don't know. Um, I mean, I think. I don't know where the bigger match is, honestly, Mm -hmm. because say, you know, all right, say they bump Cody hilariously. Sure. sure. uh, And then they do Punk and Reigns at WrestleMania, what's 40 this year, right? Yes, WrestleMania 40. Mm -hmm. Um, So would Punk win that? I don't think so, because the story is not there. You know, there's obviously some history between Roman and um, Punk as, you know, the shield and Mm -hmm. uh, all that sort of stuff. There's a lot more story there with Cody and Reigns. Um, Right. Did they ever touch? And I don't remember the build to last year's Mania. Did Mm -hmm. they touch on their um, uh, feud 
back when Cody was on Ring of Honor and talking all the steroid shit to Roman Reigns and stuff like that. Do they ever? No, no. Ring, Ring of Honor doesn't exist in the WWE or, world. Obviously, at I least know that. then, he was especially in Ring of Honor when he was yeah. talking that smack. I didn't know if yeah. you know allusions to that had come up. Not really. Point in the promos. It, it was a lot more of the idea of Hey, Dusty trained me, and I was the son he always wanted. So. Right. You know, that that knife being twisted, which yeah. hey, might have also been a uh, uh, return fire for everything that Cody sure. said. Yeah. Um, and seemingly turned his back on as immediately as money came into play uh, <laughs> when it came to to being, you know, that that independent guy who's flying the flag of what pro wrestling should be. And then, oh, Vince wants to talk. Cool. I'm there. Yeah, it's funny how somebody's <laughs> motivations and entire mindset changes at the drop of a Brinks truck. Um, but in terms I like to of CM Punk, oh sorry, yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but you know, and again, I think it comes down to were there some kind of contract stipulations in Cody's contract? Uh, and I feel like there probably were for a title within you know X so amount time. of time or yeah, some something like that. Obviously, it didn't happen. Uh, at, at last year's mania, but he did win a tag title though. So if it just said title, he, there you go. Cody's a lot of things. I don't think he's that dumb. Um, <laughs> you know, it's the, it, that was the, that was the story, right? Yeah. Finish the story. The story is to win the world title in WWE. Yeah. Something is Papa never did. Um, so, you know, the story is still dot, dot, dot with a lot of ellipses going on here and, and right. it continues. So it has to end, I would imagine, soon. But again, there's also the albatross over the head of Hogan's reign that, uh, you know, this if they're ever going to have somebody surpass it, Reigns is already on his way mm-hmm. uh, to doing it. And do you do you take the strap off him now or do you have him be the guy in the history, Bruno and Roman? I mean, you know. Yeah, two strong Italian names. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Very true. Um, I don't know. Like Roman, they've been very smart, especially uh, this year in terms of dragging out his appearances. Yes. Um, you know, they started doing that probably in 21, 22. But now, especially, it's just like he's on the Brock Lesnar schedule. Yeah, yeah, you know it is the big show because Roman's actually on it. Right, and wrestling. Uh, yes. Not just appearing. Exactly. So I uh, I can see how they could stretch things out even further, but I do think there is a real shit or get off the pot moment where they need to, need to have some level of forward momentum in terms of for how- For or just for the title or- Main event scene uh, overall. I mean, yes, Seth now has his world title, right? uh, Which you know, consolation prize, (laughs) exactly the the silver medal of WWE world titles. Uh, I mean, I I recognize the Intercontinental title supposed to be a step down, but I think uh, Gunther Walter's run as champion has actually possibly even elevated it beyond Seth's belt. But that's my two cents. Um, Yeah. I, I think they need to make a call, but I do see why they would think if this was the direction they were going, oh, punk Roman for the belt would make more sense because, you know, it, it was punk streak. That was the modern streak 
of you know the the WWE champion. That was the main streak. Yeah, 434 that, days. Exactly. Main streak he broke. And who was Punk's right-hand man during that streak? Paul Heyman, mm-hmm. who now, of course, is the advocate for the, the bloodline for Roman Reigns. Like, I, I think there's juice there. Sure. There's I, juice. I don't know if there's enough where it needs to be for the title, but I could see a you know a justification for making it for the title now refresh my memory did cody win the rumble last year he did right yes yes okay. he, he did win the rumble so do, i mean i would think it would be some kind of you know poetic weirdness if punk's last match in wwe was a royal rumble when he laid under the turnbuckle for 50 minutes and mm-hmm. then his first match back is a royal rumble match where you know he comes back and wins and maybe you know goes right into a, a a championships thing but then they also have the stipulation of the winner of the rumble picks the or at least they did picks mm-hmm. the champion they want to challenge right um and you know maybe because of the you know real life uh drama between seth and punk then maybe punk would choose seth instead of roman which would make punk look like a moron um <laughs> but he does that well on his own so sure. you know he doesn't need the booking to do that for him. right right uh so yeah I, there's a lot of different ways this could go i could see any variation of of these matches happening at wrestlemania which i may mm-hmm. or may not be watching on peacock um definitely not in person <laughs> like some of the like lads um but, that said uh, if you want to start talking indie shows we can start talking indie shows uh i i i think there's you probably the, a feenin uh, for an indie show I'm just saying there's there's going to be a lot of stuff Mania Weekend in Philly and Philly. Oh, that- oh, 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 I see. I see. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, we'll look up to see Kaiju Big Battles new on the show. I've, yeah, al- I've always wanted go. to see those guys. especially. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying anything bad about the Flying V guys. What I will say is this. That's been the dream pairing for, sure. for us on the Super Art Fight side. Like, oh, it, yeah. Like, it just makes sense. A hundred percent. Yeah. But uh, sorry, derailing. Cody did this week on raw announce for the rumble. Okay. Well, that's not a shock. It's not a shock, but he's the first to do it, which tells me that he is supposed to be primarily Marty. Well, very, very true. (laughs) Uh, He even had a special boy elevator until it got stuck that one time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Which was one of the greatest things I've ever seen. Yes. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I, I feel like they need to pull the trigger on Cody. I feel like they need to put a belt on him because at a point he's just the guy who never got to do it. Right. And for better or worse, the past decade or so of WWE is filled with guys who should have, but didn't. So let me ask you this. How important do you think it really is to Cody to win the title? Do you really think it, you think that's a, like an, an actual yearning he has inside, or you think it's just a storyline bit? Because you know, if he's feeling artistically fulfilled, or if he's you know cashing the checks in there, you know, if it's a better situation for him than it was in AEW, then mm-hmm. all of this is worth it for him, and he doesn't need the title. Mm-hmm. How, what do you think the lack of a better term legacy uh, for Cody? in his own mind i'll i'll put it this way if you look at his run from when he left wwe on his own accord Mm -hmm. and then went to evolve went to pwg went to ring of honor built aew it was about 
proving them wrong. Okay. It was about proving the powers that be at WWE that thought he was best as, you know, Stardust. Still right. arguable. I'm just saying. I loved Stardust. Can't fuck with it. Um, to say to them, no, I can be a top guy. I can be the guy. I would have assumed that with this signing and certainly how they booked him until he ripped his yeah. titty, like he was being set up as the guy. Sure. Yeah. So I would think if I'm him and I've spent the past, God, however many years, six, seven years that he was gone from WWE. Yeah. If I've spent that long of my life to be like, fuck you, you're wrong. I can be the top guy here. You want to be anointed the top guy. So I think it it does require being given the world title. Okay. You could argue the Seth belt for sure. You could argue that as like, oh, okay, it checks the box, even though it has a lineage that started this year. Yeah. <laughs> but he needs to be that guy. The fans perceive him as such, but I, I think at a point it just turns into, you know, if you haven't had that accolade, are you really that good? Are you really that important to the business? Yeah, no, I mean, that, that logic makes sense, but you know, we're talking about pro wrestling here also. So it's, it's mostly arbitrary going on what promoters want to do or what stories Mm -hmm. they want to tell or who they, you know, there's a lot of politics involved and all this sort of shit. So it's not like, you know, it's not like Rocky coming out of retirement to prove he's still got it sort of, sort of situation there. It's, it's made up. Um, no disagreement, but also if you look at, if you look at the history, even the guys who the world was originally like, oh, they'll never be a world champion became world champion. Your, your Ben was whoops, Guerrero's, (laughs) uh, Shawn Michaels, you know, all of these guys, Daniel Bryan who were perceived as not fitting the mold. They got there because there was a recognition that, oh, okay, there's enough of a fan swell of support to make them, quote unquote, the guy. So it's the WWE's fault for booking themselves into the corner with this uh, extravagantly long title reign. Um, and now they don't, you know, now there's there's no great option. There really, really. is there really you know, is. There are multiple options and, you know, they'll all make sense, but there's no, there's no clear cut, you know, sort of thing. Cause I mean, as much as I don't really want to see it, I mean, you can make an argument for Reigns to hold this title until fucking five years from now. Sure. You know? Sure. Uh, until his got- contract's up and he's ready to retire. Exactly. So. You know, yeah. he, he could, I mean, the Bruno records over a thousand or 2000 days or something, right? Something crazy like that. It's, it's, it's obscene. I also don't know if it was like nonstop 2000 or it was cumulative 2000. I, I'm not I sure. I think it's nonstop. Cause okay. I think there's a different, okay. uh, record for cumulative. I I'm not sure on that. Obviously okay. I don't fucking care either. Yeah. But, sure. Um, <clears throat> I don't, I don't know. Uh, all I know is we spent 18 minutes talking about WWE and that I, uh, that I don't love. Well, I'll get through some <laughs> other things <laughs> WWE related real quick. Um, apparently WWE believes that they could actually make a CM Punk, Steve Austin match happen. Which, why? Why would you, why would you even 
this was a, a pipe bomb dream fucking 12 years ago maybe sure um one austin had the perfect send-off with owens what two years ago mm-hmm. three years ago whenever the fuck sure. it was sure um and you know it wasn't a match it was a fucking brawl and it was mm-hmm. you know it was a spectacle which is fine it, it got hey it got kevin owens a headline of wrestlemania something punk's never done damn right um so he's done it twice now if you consider you know main eventing one of the two nights of mania yeah uh, yeah, there so, you go. Yeah. So so yeah, I I I I really have no need for this. Um I mean, does Steve Austin really need any more money? Uh <laughs> I, I it's hard to say. I don't know. I I know that um you know, the the word has always been after the Owens match, if the story is right and the money is right, he'd think about it. Yeah, and Punk's got a reputation that Kevin Owens did not have. So, true, you true. know, would would a uh, Stone Cold uh, yeah. really want to have to deal with that? And I'm sure, you know, it would be a different situation because, you know, Austin is who he is, uh, you know, an elder uh, to right. Punk. And, you know, Punk would probably be less on his bullshit than with somebody who's of his era or younger. But yeah. But there's still, and I'm sure there will be fucking people saying, oh, it's a dream match. It's going to be the greatest thing ever. And I can't remember. At the point, though, the, the dream has to die because it's not what you picture. It is not 2010 Punk versus 97 Austin. That doesn't apply to people's brains, man. I, I, I recognize three matches for Benoit versus Danielson. It's clearly <laughs> not going to happen. But I it's mean, still. You know, there are times and places where I look back and go, that would have been interesting had they done it. Um, I mean, I, I think I've talked about this on the show before. I've always wondered, had like an Owen Hart not passed, yeah, would have would he have popped up in that like early two thousands indie resurgence doing like one off matches in Ring of Honor against guys like Danielson? Yeah. That would have been incredible. Shit, yeah. But, but at the same time, I can sit here and go, well, a, that didn't happen. B, it would never happen. There are other guys who, you know, they, they hit a certain point in their career. And I mean, it's true with even the cavalcade of olds that AEW has signed lately, where I sit there and go, this would have been interesting in 2015, 2005, right. what have you. Now, it, it's going to be a, a cover band version of the match at best. Well, yeah. And I mean, obviously this is coming from two uh, late 30, early 40s people in their basements talking into internet purchase microphones. So you and I were of the similar mindset of, you know, throw these old farts in the river and let's, you know, show what this new talent that you've accrued is all about. Um, And that's clearly, you know, what the the continental classic has been doing mm-hmm. even though there's some old heads in there or older heads i mean sure. you know mox and danielson have both been in the business for 20 some years or something at yeah, this point uh, so. same with mark briscoe you know well uh, yeah that's true i've literally seen him from when he wasn't legally allowed to wrestle yeah. to now right um anyway uh we'll see what ends up happening i think it's really probably just going to be seth punk and then Later on, they'll do like maybe SummerSlam time with no title on the line, Punk Reigns, and and so on. Like we talked about last week, there isn't that match on paper anymore where I go, oh yeah. man, what if? 
Like at, at most, I'd like to see him get the shit chopped out of him by Valter, but that's it. Like right. that's where I'm at. I, I don't really have anything else to bring to, uh, you know, the CM Punk party here. He was apparently somebody screenshotted. He was putting Instagram stories of uh, the Mysterios up from their old feud back in the day. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's some kind of Dom. Uh, Certainly possible at some point. Or is Ray's injured at the moment, right? Yeah, he had like a leg thing. Yeah, he he. Uh, I think he needed knee, another knee surgery. Which, <laughs> brother, just I think he gets hang the him up at this point. Hang him up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's kind of a mess. Also, uh, speaking of messes on the WWE side, they laid off even more people on Friday. Oh, did they? I missed this. Yes. Um, mostly corporate. Uh, <laughs> they did uh, let go of one on-air personality, Mackenzie Mitchell, who came from the school of let's randomly clone our existing women to make a third woman who also has no personality. Oh, um, she's an interviewer? Yes. Okay. Did uh, you say that? And I just didn't hear it. I, I called her on air. So okay, all right. Yeah, six of one, half dozen of another. Um, but yeah, uh, about uh, I, I think it was another like twenty or thirty employees were cut, um, mostly like middle management and, and that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Redundancies, right? In corporate right. structure. It's just it, it's very funny to see that this is running in parallel to what the UFC acquisition looked like. Bring I mean, everyone together. Sense. Don't yeah. worry. We're not going to let anyone go. They let people go. Don't worry. We're done letting people go. Wait a few months. Let more people go. Yeah. And it has been WWE's MO for a while now, even before it was TKO. So, you know, it's just now there's a, there's a different asshole at the top. Um, <laughs> hey, uh, let's go ahead and hit this button. Cause there's a lot of stuff to talk about with this company. All right. It was a big week in AEW, and uh, it wasn't all just on screen. So let's talk about some of the off screen stuff. Um, first things first, all in tickets did go on sale this week yeah. for uh, the return to Wembley. A shocking. You uh, I mean, hey, I've never <laughs> been to London. It'd be cool. Actually, that's not true. I was in their airport for like two hours. Same. Yeah, that's that's the majority of my time in London was a layover at Heathrow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they've uh, sold 27,000 tickets already for Shit. a show that is almost a year away. That's a, that's a good look. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I remember when All In was first announced, it was like, well, if they do 40, that's a success. Yeah. Um, I do know that it's going to be a smaller uh, number of available tickets overall. They're actually going to do a full stage setup as opposed to this past year where they just had like the floor yeah. entrance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's <laughs> probably going to bump it down to maybe like 70, 75 max. They already have their record. Now they can just, you know, make the money. And yeah. put on put on the big show they want, the big spectacle. And to that point, apparently tickets cost three times as much as they did last year. <laughs> See, okay, this is an issue I have with AEW. Uh is, you know, obviously the first couple go-arounds, you know, the pay-per-view full gear that they had here and the first mm-hmm. couple um dynamites that they had in the area down at UMBC. Um, you know, affordable, very affordable. Very much so. And not only did they move into bigger arenas, which, and obviously you have to, you know, charge a little more to cover, you know, the cost of renting said rooms. Sure. But it wasn't, I feel like it's gotten a little gougy uh, for their ticket prices. 
And what you're seeing is also, if you look at the numbers, as someone who knows nothing about business, uh, if you look business at the numbers, ethics. the the pre-sales have not been great for yeah. a lot of their shows. But as the shows get closer, they discount tickets. Right. And suddenly, they have fuller rooms. Yeah. Crazy how that happens. Yeah. Like, I, I don't, you know, for a show like that, you know, like, for example- Mm-hmm. Uh, Iron Maiden is coming to the uh, former Chicken Box, the, mm-hmm. uh, the Baltimore Arena here yeah. next year. Yes. Tickets are a wee bit pricey. So, you know, I've seen them before uh, yeah. and they're doing an album, songs off an album that I didn't love. So it's like, okay, am I yeah. putting money out now? No, I don't think so. Yeah. If week of, you know, they're just trying to fill the place and I can get, you know, a very deeply discounted ticket, then fuck yeah, I'll be there in yeah. a heartbeat. Are you kidding me? I mean, when I went to Dynamite, this past May, yeah, you know, I had a ticket that I bought the Tuesday night of the show on StubHub for like mm-hmm. twenty bucks, and yeah. it put me in the one hundred section. Yeah, like, cool, I'll do that. Yeah. Um, I, I do think, unfortunately, it, it is one of those things where they're kind of like twisting the knife of the hardcore fan, where it's just sort of, oh, you want to be the first to buy tickets? Cool. You're paying full price. Yeah, I don't need that. Yeah, I I, I don't. I mean, I'm totally fine, especially if it's not like a big to do. Sure. If, as you jokingly suggested, if we went to London, yeah, Yeah. probably buy those tickets in advance. Well, yes. But they go back to the arena. They go back to the UMBC arena, whatever they do next. Yeah, I'll wait till week of the show to buy tickets. Because unless I see that, you know, there's really high advances for these things, like, I know I'll get a better deal. Yeah. Um, And, you know, attendance has been a major thing for AEW. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, I saw the photo somebody took from opposite the stage last week when during MJF's promo segment, the entire hard cam side was entire hard cam side, save for like the first 10 rows on the floor that were, you know, seen on TV were were, uh, curtained off, which is not a good fucking look, man. I mean, granted, you know, sure, you can put 27,000 on presale in Wembley because you only go over there once a year. That sure. I that I understand. Sure. Um, but you know, with these venues that you're running over and over again, these cities that you're yeah. going to two, three times a year, like fuck, they've been in New York, like what? This is gonna be World's End will be their what, fifth or sixth show in New York this year? Something like that. Yeah. It's it, it's pretty crazy. I will say in their defense, in like probably two thousands era, probably up through oh god, whenever they were last hot. WWE tapings looked very, very similar. It's just, we didn't have people on site with smartphones who could take decent photos and then they get posted all over social media. Like it's not unheard of, especially for something that's being taped for television that you block off a section. So you fill out the rest. Sure. No, I, I, I understand that. It just seems like the frequency of that happening. Whereas mm-hmm. comparatively yeah. a year or so ago, that wasn't the case. You know, it was, it was a hotter product then. And, you know, they didn't no, have to do that. Made the, the um, jib cam got the whole arena and it was packed yeah. and all this sort of yeah. stuff. And it looked great. And so now, you know, you can kind of tell some of the crowds have been wishy-washy or, or not great. Uh, not in, not just in terms of people being there in attendance, but in terms of their reactions to things, a lot of that has to do with the city. Like Baltimore has notoriously shitty 
crowds. Yes. Although um, I, I thought at the uh, UMBC arena, they actually got decent responses to things. Well, yeah. No, at the UMBC they did. And I can't talk to the chicken box shows because I didn't go to any dynamites there. Um, it was shit. <laughs> I'll tell you, it was shit. It was not good. <laughs> I mean, aside from that full gear where the crowd was hot garbage yeah, uh, yeah. as, as they want to do. But to be fair, we got one of the probably one of the worst AEW pay-per-views still to this day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's definitely in, in the bottom, like four or five at, at, at very, at the very least. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's just, it's weird. I, I do think, and you know, again, this is coming from someone who's very bad at business. I would think as they did at the beginning of doing touring for dynamite, doing college stadiums, college arenas yeah, and packing them. That's the way to go. I would imagine it sounds better. It looks better. Yeah. You know, it being at a college, maybe you can hook in younger fans. Yeah. Like I would see that as win-win. Maybe they're getting sweetheart deals on all these arenas. Maybe. Thanks to Jeff Jarrett. Right. Cause that's his job. <laughs> maybe they booked all of these arenas when they were hotter. So now we're just seeing them having to like play out the booking. It's true. Ad. It's hard to say. I, I just know that. It's not what it was, you know, a year ago. You can point to many different reasons, the storytelling on screen, people getting hurt because unsurprisingly, they've got another run of people hurt right now. Yeah. Uh, It it just isn't the same. And um, I also think having the Saturday show at the same time, cannibalizing its own business. Yeah. Yeah. Even though they aren't really touring them near each other. Uh, there seems to be a good bit of distance between the two locations at any given time. It does feel like, oh, okay, well, if I don't go to this one, I can go to the Saturday one when they pop up whenever. Right. Well, yeah. I have a genius idea. Sure. Tony, I know you're listening. All right. right. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. what, what else does he do? It's been proven. Uh, so when you're announcing tickets to these dynamites and collisions and whatnot, you do the, uh, the H&H package. All right. So what that is, is you get your ticket to whichever respective show it is. Okay. Mm-hmm. Included in ticket price, hot dog and a handshake with Tony Khan. <laughs> he hands you a hot dog, shakes your hand. He's like walking across the stage on graduation. Yeah. The H&H package from AEW. <laughs> it, it, it will make people feel like they've been in the industry for years. You know, I might be a guy. Okay. I, I I like that. I would I would do that. I know you I would. would. I absolutely <laughs> would. I know you would. You know what? Sell it to Costco. Okay, yeah, get exactly. the Costco hot dogs. All right, yep. they sell them cheap. You'll get a great deal. Okay, the H and H package for AEW sponsored by Costco. Guys, you know what? Consulting fees. I'll waive them for this first round. Okay, uh, if you want to bring me on in a private capacity, uh, Jeff, slide in my DMs. Yeah. But. Um, or you still have my number, or maybe, probably not. Yeah. And, and, and then Chris, <laughs> nepotism hire right here. Oh, brother, I got you. I got you. We'll, we'll do. We'll do. We'll do an art fight pre-show. Does, uh, does Tony need another anxious wrestling fan in the booking room? <laughs> right here. Does yeah. Uh, if anything, guy who can't deal with conflict, let go. <laughs> Who will fear, uh, fear for his life in any kind of a stress situation. Yes. And just yeah. wet uncontrollably. Let's yeah. do it. Well, I got the sweating uncontrollably too. That's just, that's just <laughs> how I live. Um, you mentioned the Costco hot dog. Please tell me you heard the, uh, I, I think it's an urban legend, but the story of the, the Costco CEO to, uh, to whoever runs like the hot food stands, uh, on in corporate. 
to like never change the price. Yes. Yeah. You, well, I, I I think I've heard something, but please do. Yeah. Tell. Basically, he told him, "If you ever raise the price, I will fucking kill you." <laughs> <laughs> I want to believe it's true. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah. that's a good glizzy right there, man. That is a that is a a big beef cylindrical meat tube. That yeah. just is so juicy as it explodes in your mouth. It's fantastic. A little mustard on there. Mm. Good time. Oh. Good time. Oh, yeah, brother. And a buck 50 with the soda. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking amazing. Right. Best deal on, uh, on the block. Uh, oh, do you need a membership to be able to get that? Or can you just, I believe so. Wow. I mean, unless uh, if you can sneak in good on you, but yeah. anytime I've gone, I've had to like bust out my phone to show my membership card. So gotcha. Gotcha. Um, so Back to AEW proper and everything going on. There's something I meant to do last week that I didn't do. Okay. Although, weirdly enough, I don't know if they've played this on television. Mikey Ruckus made a theme for the Continental Classic. Okay. I think it's one of the strangest themes he's done, much like other themes that he's put together. There's like ebbs and flows to it. Sure. I wanted to do from your old workplace, a little bit of love it or shove it to get okay. your feelings about the song. It's called valor rising. Okay. And, uh, it's currently available on all ye old. Sounds streaming. like a power metal uh, record. I will say it sounds like the final boss music for a video game. Okay. Oh, don't worry. They get there. See, this is my problem with some of Mikey Ruckus' stuff. Like, you need that immediate punch. Oh, I, I, I totally agree. And that's why I'm like, this feels odd for what this is. Like, is it coming? Come yeah. on. I can feel it. There you go. Big, spacious drums. And of course, you know, he ebbs and flows through all of this, because that's what he does. This is Castlevania 22 or something? Like, it, it definitely has that vibe. Uh, this, is like, this, is, this would play over the end credits of a 2023 Lost Boys remake. <laughs> That's what that. That's what that sounds like. Yeah, all I could think was like, it's not bad. Like, I it's it's well put together. It's well formed, but I don't picture it that. Doesn't as like, fit. Yeah, it, it's not like oh, here's a kick ass wrestling tournament. Like it. Yeah. Like I understand going away from the butt rock. Uh, that I understand. I mean, I yeah. I enjoy the butt rock, but sure. uh, I I understand the logic of not wanting everything to sound like that. But this yeah. this for for what you're trying to present this tournament to be, this ain't it, man. Yeah. Like all I could think of uh, when I first heard about the tournament, it's like, Oh, they have a theme for it. My mind's eye. I went back to this old theme that they used to use on WCW shows. Uh huh. Naturally. That is a slap at a base heavy run right there. Getting me right. That shit. Stoked for whatever whatever they're promoting with that music play. I mean, that like, is pure 1988. Uh, oh, you know, absolutely! Like glory. It, yeah, uh, and I don't know what stock music catalog they got it from, uh, but 
Yeah, I don't know. I was just like, that's a that's a that's a weird take for uh, a tournament theme. Yeah, uh, shove it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I again, I think it's totally fine on its own, but for the context of what they're aiming for, don't know about that. I wish I had two more thumbs, so I gave it four thumbs down. <laughs> on uh, other AEW stuff that happened this week, praise the Lord, QT Marshall is leaving AEW. Rip. Yeah, uh, he uh, apparently not very happy with his place in uh, <laughs> AEW. Brother, you should be happy to have a job. All right. Uh, and he was like a VP of creative and shit. So yeah, I think that was his actual title, VP of creative and, and shit. shit. Yeah. Well, uh, he definitely uh, overachieved in the shit portion of the title. Yeah. Uh, apparently he's he's been in his fields ever since uh, Collision started. Well, oh. I mean, there's that, but Collision started, and <laughs> CM Punk apparently another CM Punk move that we're finding about after the fact. He was like, "You're wasting Hobbs putting him in these QTV segments. Let's get him out of there." I mean, tell him when he's, <laughs> he's telling lies. Wrong. He's yeah. not wrong. <laughs> uh, but uh, QT also feels like now is the time to bet on himself. So good luck, fucker. <laughs> what I found very funny was the only story I've seen about anything since beyond presumption that he has people in WWE Cody fighting for him to get yeah. a job there was MLW has interest in him. Well, man, if that doesn't show what your stock is immediately, then uh, there you go. You too can make $150 every two months and then struggle to get out of that deal. Wow. Yeah. yeah. All right. Good riddance, QT. I didn't never really cared for you in Ring of Honor. I definitely didn't care for uh, anything. I don't think there was really anything of note that he did in AEW. Um, I remember there was a a tag match during the Daily's Place era. I think it was him and Dustin against Butcher and Blade that kind of fucking ruled. But yeah, because of him, yeah. But I'm just saying, <laughs> by association, he was, he was in it, and it was a good match. Okay. So, if you're so that's. Anything of note beyond that, it's like fucking polishing apples and eating them in videos. Like, that's all I got. Oh, yeah, the apple thing. I forgot about that. That was terrible. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, what is, uh, wasn't there some kind of nightmare factory that QT was running that yeah, was in association with AEW or? Well, not oh. direct association. Okay. So, and Cody opened a school called the Nightmare Factory. It's where like a Julia Hart and a red velvet came from. Um, so they're to blame. <laughs> they're least favorites on the roster. <laughs> With Cody being in WWE now, I imagine it's not as clean a direction to go from the nightmare factory to AEW. Uh-huh. Plus Pat Buck's there. Create a pro has, is his wrestling school, which produced, uh, I didn't realize that was his school. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, produced MJF, Max Caster, Chris mm-hmm. Statlander, like, I don't know if I'm AEW and I want sort of an official company that I'm aligned with or school I'm aligned with, probably create a pro. Has anybody seen Pat Buck and Jeremy Jam at the same time? <laughs> yes. Pat Buck is Jeremy Jam. If Jeremy Jam was on a, a very strong cycle, well, <laughs> you know, he does uh, love the, uh, the Japanese styling. So maybe he wanted to, to join new Japan and cycled up a little bit there. Um, Pat Buck, my dude, you don't need to go a size down in every shirt you wear. It's, <laughs> It's distracting. Sure you do. Um, If you're yoked like that. I know we haven't even gotten to uh, actually talking about the shows yet, but two more bits I wanted to talk about just because I want your opinion. Uh, Two rough house favorites in the news with quotes this week. Uh, First, Matt Hardy, who on 
his podcast, The Extreme Life of Matt Hardy, which you could not pay me to listen to. No. Uh, he was complaining <laughs> about uh, their place in AEW. Brother, you should be happy you have a job. I'll say it again. Okay. Um, as he said, uh, the first thing I would say is we're not going to be the Hardys or the 2000s. We're still very solid in-ring performers. There's no doubt about that. Yes, there fucking is. Uh, especially me. Going to be a little more basic than Jeff is, but we're solid and we have a huge fan base that supports us wherever we go. And we go out there and we know how to do things the right way to help elevate people. We still have to stay, stay in a position of importance to a degree, and that's what's important. We're looking to get into that groove of maintaining a position of importance so that whenever we do want to elevate someone, it really means oh, something. Yeah, when you want to elevate someone. Okay, guy. Yeah. Um, he goes on to say that uh, there have been a couple things we've talked about doing the last few months. Stuff has changed. That would be a frustration with creative. Obviously, things change. People get hurt. It is what it is. That would be the main frustration. There's enough equity in us to invest a very solid direction and stick with us. Matt, my dude, the problem, partially yours. You walk around like Cotton Hill at this point. Yes. But your brother on the eve of becoming a tag champion (laughs) got busted for I don't even know the number of times. Yeah. With a DUI. <clears throat> the umpteenth time. He's lucky he has a job. Yeah. Matt, I, I've said it many times. I get it. He'd be a hell of a backstage coach. Yeah. He, he knows what to do. He's been where these guys are. He's been, you know, the young hot thing. I think having him in that match this week on dynamite against, uh, Andretti and top flight, Maybe not the best use physically of him, but those are the types of guys he should be mentoring. Sure. But the disparity between the level of mobility was (laughs) acutely obvious. Yeah. The, the, the mind wants, but the body falters. We're at there. And yeah, I, I I don't get it, but uh, another rough house favorite this week, Rick flair. Oh, fuck this guy. He uh, was in the news this week because Wednesday night when they taped Rampage, he yep. and Sting cut a promo and they <laughs> cut out a line uh, where he said he invited all the women in the audience from ages 18 to 28 to meet him in his hotel room. Ick. Yes. You're uh, a 70 something year old man. Yes. This uh, became a big thing on wrestling Twitter Thursday morning. And then Rick went to social media saying, quote, and uh, you have to recognize every word is capitalized in this. I, I still, it takes more work to do this. This is not like an auto setting you can have on your phone, to my knowledge. Same here, but I see old people do it all the time. So I guess it's something you do hit and then you don't know how to turn off. Um, I am so tired of hearing all this negativity. I don't need to work and I don't need the money. Okay, Can't I. <laughs> Can't I simply enjoy being by my dear friend Sting's side for the next few months without so much hatred? I know I'm old, but that doesn't mean I can't enjoy life. I have earned the right to do whatever I want, and I'm exactly where I want to be. I appreciate everything, Tony Khan, but I'm more than willing to walk away if I am embarrassing you and your company. All I can say is I'm sorry. Peace. Good riddance. Get the fuck out. Yeah. Uh, uh, 
<laughs> like, Look, I'm, old man is in his feelings right now. Um, and you know what? Maybe it's time for some self-reflection. Because uh, if people are reacting this way to you in 2023, maybe it should tell you fucking something. Right. Um, that, you know, this. And I don't think it's sunk into him that it's not 1984. Right. Right. You know, I, it's, I, I, not, I, it's the world is completely fucking different than it was 40 years ago. And there's no need for him to be a regular guy, even if the idea is, oh, he's supporting Sting, you know, in, in his final moments. Just have him at ringside. Have him at ringside. Have him do nothing. Or make it more sporadic so it means more when he shows up for that yeah. last match at Revolution. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I, I just was like, this this guy needs his phone taken away from him. Uh, it was just a very uncomfortable thing. Uh, to read on Thursday, he just he's, he's just completely oblivious, and he's, he's the thing is he's overstayed his welcome. I yep. mean, he's retired twenty times. Uh, you know, he had the perfect send off. The match with Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania, what twenty seven or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, uh, twenty four, four, whatever, whatever it is. But still, yeah, ages ago, fifteen years ago at this. Point. Yeah, exactly. It was perfect, and then you fucking you're like the uh, hemorrhoid that will never go away. It just keeps yeah. popping up. Go away. And let's go into Dynamite. Dynamite this week was live from Minneapolis, Minnesota, and it kicked off with Continental Classic action from the Gold League, as it was John Moxley versus Jay Lethal. Uh, I know we tend to motherfuck Jay Lethal appropriately on yes. this podcast, but sure. I thought this was a perfectly fine match. Um, I mean, yeah, for, for those two competitors in the year of our Lord 2023, that's about what you're going to get. And uh, I enjoyed it. And obviously, you know, the right person won. So no, mm -hmm. uh, no harm, no foul. Yeah, totally fine with it. Uh, what I will say that I, I find interesting is we're now getting into the quote unquote, people are gaining injuries part of a round robin tournament, right? Yeah. Uh, not legitimate injuries, of course, but you know, <laughs> ones that they're going to uh, play up in kayfabe yeah. the next few weeks. So uh, now Mox has a bad knee. So uh, we'll probably see that come up over the next few matches. Um, after the match, they were showing uh, the post-collision videos from both uh, Eddie Kingston uh, and Brody King talking about, you know, in the case of Kingston, oh, he doesn't want to overlook Danielson, maybe bit off more than he can chew, that sort of thing. Danielson, by the way, on commentary for all the uh, Continental Classic events on the show, fantastic work yeah. with him, um, even if he's there you know, looking like a pirate. I thought he did a great job. He doesn't get all the cues for, for when to speak. Uh, if, but if that's my only complaint, everything he says is, is wonderful. It adds to the story. It, it gets that, you know, it, it, it's just great. I, I would love to have him on commentary more. His enthusiasm feels genuine and you can, you can tell he loves wrestling and he really loves putting over the little things. So yeah. uh, it, it was a nice contrast to the normal team. I feel like Tony is, is grooming Brian for uh, a big backstage role. Once he, once he hangs up the boots. Absolutely. It, it seems like they're very good friends anyway, because it did yeah. also come out that uh, Danielson was one of the folks who had a say in whether or not punk got let go. So yeah, which apparently uh, O'Shea Jackson jr. And Sean Ross Sapp got into a big Twitter beef over or something like that. I was like, what the fuck is happening right now? Ice cubes kid. Yeah. What the fuck? He's a big wrestling fan. Have you not seen his tweets? No, no, I haven't. Oh yeah. No, he's a huge wrestling fan. Oh, good um, and you know, he, 
most recently after the last pay-per-view, he tweeted some uh, some pretty positive things. And he's he's a WWE guy. He's a Roman mm-hmm. guy. Uh, so for him to say positive things. But then apparently he was yeah. picking a fight with uh, with SRS from Fightful about, um, you know, the Brian being said to be the head of the uh, disciplinary con- committee, which Fightful reported. And Brian said that he was just a part of it. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, you know, typical, you know, WWE stand. This one just of note uh, calling out, uh, you know, a, a reporter for something inferred. Yeah. Uh, well, silly. Um, Tony Schiavone then was backstage talking about AEW revolution and where it was going to be. I got to admit, Chris, I got excited for like two seconds during the promo. Cause he was talking <laughs> about the history of Ric Flair and sting. And I'm yeah. going, Oh shit. Sting beat flair. Great American bash. 90 yep. at the chicken box. Mm-hmm. Let's fucking go. And yeah. he goes, their first match <laughs> clash of the champions in in Greensboro, Greensboro. North Carolina. And I yeah. was like, oh, okay. There's a lot more sense. I get it. I get it. But I definitely for two seconds like, oh fuck, we're getting a pay-per-view. Let's go. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wouldn't nice be have a pay- would be nice to have a pay-per-view back in uh back in town. It's been a while. Yeah, it, it has been a bit. I mean, even do it in DC and, and I mean sure. I'd prefer it to be in Baltimore, but if yeah. it's DCA, I'd still go. Um, Sting and Flair then cut like the most old school of old school promos putting over the show, which for as much as we just were motherfucking Ric Flair, I thought he did a decent job. It's fine. But again, it's not needed. Sure. Hat on a hat. Then we had Roosh and Mark Briscoe. Fuck yeah. Another gold league match. Oh man. I, I the, the thing that I love about this tournament is, even guys who I like, I'm learning to like more. Yes. Yeah. Like, it was a both these guys situation on this yes. one. Yeah. Uh, Roosh looked fantastic. Mark was ready to just throw fists with this guy. Dude, uh, I got to say, like these two matches with Mark Briscoe, he's really like, you know, obviously Jay was the more singles proficient guy of, yeah. of the tag team over the years. But man, Mark is really, uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know the motivation behind him just killing it uh, every time he's he's out there, but he's absolutely crushing it, and I, I couldn't be happier. Yeah, it, it's so good. Um, the bull's horn gets the victory yeah. for Roosh. Uh, then RJ City was backstage with Timeless Tony Storm, and uh, in this promo, they probably popped the biggest rating they ever had as Tony Storm showed feet. Yeah, the, the crowd, you could palpably he, audi- audibly hear the crowd pop when RJ removed uh, her slippers, which made me want to retch. But yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, that's certainly a thing that I'll never understand. Yeah, doesn't doesn't make a, a lot of sense to me. But, you know, I'm sure they went from like 850,000 to 4.5 million viewers. Yeah, the, the demo queens, out. Tony Storm's feet. Yes. Uh, MJF then came to the ring and uh, cut a hell of a promo putting over Samoa Joe for yeah, the pay-per-view match on December. While, while name-dropping TNA and WWE in the process. And Cody Rhodes and, and yeah. CM Punk. Uh, yeah. He mentioned everybody, but uh, he's not wrong. You know, Joe no. did really redefine a lot of expectations in the world of wrestling, although when it comes to MJF, I don't know necessarily that it's like, Oh, it was better for, you know, the well-built right white guy to wrestle. Yes. Yeah. It's pretty much the same, Max. Yeah. Um, he, uh, broke the cane saying, you know, uh, he's, he's gonna fight long, fight hard. It's, he also now has a legit shoulder injury, which is great. And then the lights went out. 
It was not Sabu. It was the random goons of the devil who now apparently have stylish bomber jackets with the devil's face. on. Oh, those were jackets. I thought they were just like uh, turtlenecks. I thought they were jackets. Maybe oh. I'm wrong. they look um, a little more form fitting to me. But then uh, the screen went black again. And then suddenly we had text on screen. Uh, in the shadows, our game begins. Uh, Next week, MJF and Samoa Joe, will you face the unknown in a tag match? It's the but, algorithm from Mission Impossible 7 or whatever the fuck yes. it is. Uh, I, I think we're definitely getting to a jump the shark moment with all of this. Getting? Yeah. <laughs> you don't yeah. think we're there yet? <laughs> yeah. Uh, They've jumped the shark. They're about to nuke the fridge. Okay. Fair. Fair. <laughs> I All you could think was watching this that this is definitely a jimmy jacobs thing because oh, this, yeah. this is playing out very Switch similar Blake, the uh or the um Angel sammy callahan stuff in nxt oh, well there's sammy callahan stuff which oh my god if he's one of the followers fuck my life I, oh yeah I, that's a terrible pickup i i don't want that i have seen some people go oh it's gonna be uh mustafa ali because okay this is similar to what retribution did but mm. i'm just like jimmy jacobs did basically this exact same angle complete with, you know, uh, weird cryptic messages when yeah. Ian, uh, who is now Seth Rollins formed their group age of the fall and, uh, ring of honor. So I could see them just running that shit back. Cause, Eek. because of course Tony would go, Oh shit. I remember that. Let's do right. that thing that I remember. Yeah. yeah. Um, Wardlow then proceeded <laughs> to murder AR Fox. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there was a, a couple of great feats of strength in here before the murdering, but um, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's becoming AR Fox. Wardlow, by the way, I assume has a low pressure shower based on his hair when he came out for this match. Well, somebody's uh, saying, oh, he looks like he was just wearing a mask or something. I'm like, did you look at those people in the ring? None of those people were fucking Wardlow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, un- unless he somehow dressed as two people, because that's how wide he is. Yes, exactly. Um. Excalibur then talking about the Dante Martin injury and proceeded to show it like three or four times back to back. At least they gave him warning. So I was able to, to put my attention towards Xavier and pet him while it was happening. Not since Sid broke his leg on I a pay-per-view. Have I seen a wrestling company go, ah, fuck it. Here's one of the most traumatic injuries you'll ever see yeah. from every possible angle. Do not want to see that. But it's okay. He came back in like seven months insane uh and it was him and andretti against the hardys and brothers a i thought that andretti and top flight looked great here yeah i very much want to see them get more things happening for them and uh, what happened after the match certainly indicates that there's gonna be more going on with them mm-hmm. real soon <sighs> the hardys are just there throw them in the river yeah, and, and we really need Private Party back. I don't know where Mark Quinn is in terms of whatever injury he had. Movie reduction, right? Uh, I think I heard it was actually a neck thing, but uh, okay. you know, fair, fair. Um, yeah, Zay's just getting wasted here. Yeah. Uh, we went to commercial, and then when we came back, Renee Paquette was backstage with Top Flight and Andretti. Congratulate them on their victory. Asks Dante how the leg's feeling, and before he can say anything, here comes Penta. Yes. Now, of course, Penta is the one who did the Canadian Destroyer and mm-hmm. all of that that uh, caused Dante's foot to go the other direction. Another reason why I think they showed the injury. Yeah. That, 
Makes sense. Makes sense. But he fist bumps Dante and then he goes one, two, three, pointing at each one of uh, top, top flight and ready. And he points at himself and goes one. And then commander comes up two, and then Vikingo comes up three. Let's go. And then does the zero miedo. And I I'm in for this match. Hell like, yeah. Six flippy dudes in a trios match. That's my shit right yeah, there. Big same, my guy. Uh, Phoenix still, uh, you know, getting stem cell research in Bolivia or something. Something crazy. I don't know what's <laughs> going on there. Uh, his brain might have been so bashed that he's, they're still trying to make him convince he's not John Moxley. That okay. might be where he is right now. All right. Uh, Miss that guy. <laughs> Julia Hart defended the TBS title. Oh, for fuck's sake. Uh, this was a match where submissions were not allowed and everyone went for submissions. Yeah, that's pretty, pretty foolish. Um, but again, this is one of those matches that shows the disparity between things of, uh, yeah. you know, the ring awareness, ring awareness of, uh, a, um, um, veteran like Emi Sakura mm-hmm. versus a noob like Julia Hart, where, you know, Emi Sakura had to roll back so she would get hit by the moonsault for the finish. Right. Um, poor, poor Emi Sakura. I mean, and you and I were talking about this a little bit over text. I think having Julia in matches with people like Sakura is the move because you only get better working with people like her. I guess. Yeah. But <laughs> should it be on TV? Yes. Should it be for a title? Should Don't it know. be on rampage? If anything? Yeah. Um, RJ City backstage with Mariah May says she's hungry for more after having such a run in stardom. And then uh, she thanks RJ for connecting her with Tony Storm and uh, said, uh, now uh, I'm, I'm going to get myself a match. She goes into Tony Khan's office, proving again that the locker room of AEW is filled with idiots as Tony is not in that office during the show. <laughs> we know this. It's been established multiple times. And you know, Christian Cage then came out with security guards and asked Adam Copeland to come to the ring. The least impressive lineup of security guards I've ever seen in my life. You you say that, but the man scout Jake Manning was right there. Granted, I don't he didn't know have who his that tent. is. He didn't have his tent, but you know, he uh, he was right there. He means nothing to me. I'm sorry. <laughs> um. Christian then proceeded to cut a promo about how Adam Copeland took everyone out. And he said, you know, uh, I, I know that you challenge me for next week in Montreal, but you know, I, I just can't do it. We, we have this history together. You know, we ran up and down the road. Uh, you didn't have a dad, which made the crowd start. Yeah. To go, oh, what's it going to say? And he goes, yeah, but that didn't make me your dad. It made me your brother. And, you know, really did this whole sort of heart-wrenching speech. Sure. Adam Copeland hears it all and proceeds to immediately kick Christian in the dong. As uh, Christian's got nards. Yeah. As Christian goes to to, uh, fall to the mat, Copeland then says, nice try, dumbass, which (laughs) he's never sounded more like a dad (laughs) in that moment. Uh, said that uh, Christian should shine up the belt because next week belt's coming home with him. And then in the moment that probably got someone backstage fired, Edge says, go fuck yourself. And then the audio afterwards Gets is dumped. blanked out. Yeah. 
little slow on the dump button back there. Uh, yeah. On the T- TBS app replay, it was correctly uh, edited. Sadly, I, I hear it was set, uh, it was uh, set well for the West Coast feed as well. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Whoever whoever's job it is to hit that button, um, I, I think they just got demoted. Nah. Then our main event was the Swerve Strickland Jay White match. Hell yes, my league. guy. Again, Roughhouse Special, two of our current favorites. Yeah. This match was awesome. I thought for sure they were going to go for their first draw of the tournament. because and, and they teased it, too. They were talking they about did. a long commentary. They did the five-minute remaining call. Uh, but they went all in on the dude. Swerve getting the win. You know, no losses for him so far in the tournament. Jay's one and one. But this was great. This is like legitimately one of my favorite matches on dynamite this year. I, yeah. I, I thought it was so goddamn good. Yeah. They're and, very good together and everyone looked great. And I know there's going to be a point where that match happens and it's for a world title. Sure. Yeah. Hopefully by the end of 2024 and then Friday night, We had Rampage. Uh, there isn't really a lot worth checking out from this show, but I'll just very quickly tell you what happened. Please. Uh, Danhausen returned to the ring. Okay. Dan Housen, Did he break his other ankle or whatever? Uh, no, no, thankfully. Um, but it was Danhausen, Trent Beretta, Hook, and Orange Casty against the remnants of the JAS. So, uh, yeah, half there. Um, Wheeler Yuta was on commentary and uh, got in the face of Hook later on. So that is still a thing. Um, we had the aforementioned Ric Flair sting promo, uh, powerhouse Hobbs, Takeshita and Kyle Fletcher beat up three jobbers in less okay. than a minute. Um, we had a woman's trios match as it was Chris Statlander, Hikaru Shida and sky blue defeating Soraya, Ruby Soho and Anna J. Uh, okay. Then the main event, which I heard is actually very, very good. Uh, is Penta Vikingo and commander, a little bit of, uh, of a preview of what they're going to be able to do. They went against the Work Horseman and Brian Cage, which Brian Cage just for hire these days. It'll just pop up in any. Uh... They they did a backstage angle where uh, Nana hired the Work Horseman to team up with. Okay. Uh, with oh, because the uh, Gates of Agony are in uh, World Tag League. They're in World Tag League, and I don't know if you saw what happened this week. Yeah, they swerved. They 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 fake. Uh, joined the House of Torture, and then the next match beat up, beat up Evil and um, Yujiro. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then lost the match. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for coming. Yeah. So apparently, it's not going to be Swerve's House of Torture surrounded by a gate of agony. <laughs> you you were sitting on that <laughs> for a while, weren't you? <laughs> I Maybe saw it I in was. your eyes. Maybe I wasn't. No, you definitely were. I saw it in your eyes. And then last night, there we go. Yep. That's it. <laughs> Ooh, wow. Okay. Thank uh, you, sir. Reggie. Yes. Uh, it was collision. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet, but I've heard very, very good things. Unsurprisingly about the blue league matches that were on it show kicked off with Brody King defeating Claudio Castagnoli. Oh, wow. He got the W nice. Yeah. Brody is undefeated. Nice. In the blue league. Uh, we had a John Moxley promo talking about uh, how he's all banged up, but he's going to win the tournament. Okay. Abaddon beat Kira Hogan. Okay. So, a, Abaddon was on television. B, they got a win. And it's not even spooky season anymore. Good for her. That Them? said, uh, they, 
I they. Uh, that said, they, they were confronted by Julia Hart after the match. Oh, two spooky oh. bitches. Yeah, or two, two spooky spoobies. people. Joey Samoa is backstage with Marvez, got interrupted by Roddy Strong in the kingdom, and uh, they said that MJF is setting Joe up. Then we had Andrade El Idolo and Daniel Garcia. Garcia continuing to lose in the tournament uh, as he now has nothing but a goose egg. Good match, uh, at least according to the reports. Uh, basically, the idea is he's going for the dragon tamer in every finish, mm. and he fucks up in some way. So the, they're basically building so a moment where, yeah. where he doesn't get a big win. So. On Brian. Yeah. yeah. Probably on Brian. <laughs> yeah. Um, the kingdom defeated the iron savages and the, Oh shit. All of these guys are still hired. Uh, <laughs> moment of the week. Uh, Willie Mack challenged Wardlow to a match next week. Willie Mack. Let's go. Yeah. All right. uh, and then in one of the strangest matches announced for next week, Ethan page backstage challenges because he wants to be the quote unquote king of Canada. Kenny Omega to a one-on-one match for collision next week. Okay. I was just wondering where Kenny had been uh, when you brought up the Fletcher Hobbs uh, to team mm-hmm. uh, fall across my mind. Hey, we haven't seen Kenny since the pay-per-view and then, uh, then here we go. Okay. So yeah, that's, there you are. Hopefully it's not a uh, ending by a run in by Don Callis and those assholes. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, the House of Black duo of Malachi Black House and Buddy Matthews uh, defeated former Ring of Honor tag champions of Chris Daniels and Matt Seidel. Deep cut for that one. Okay. Yeah, it's like early, mid-2000s. Sure, um, yeah. House of Black, unsurprisingly, won. Post-match, lights go out, and FTR apparently now has spooky powers. Okay. All they right. show up. Uh, Malachi Black offered them spots in the House of Black. And before Dax could answer, Buddy Matthews jumped him. So uh, we'll see what's uh, happening. I think you're overestimating the spooky powers. What happened was Cash piss, pistol whipped the uh, production truck and was like, <laughs> hey, motherfucker. You just, just shot the lightning rig. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I mean, they use a sharpshooter, so it, uh, <laughs> it tracks. Tony Storm backstage was an APEC cat. Uh, wasn't happy about Sky Blue interrupting her championship acceptance speech. So uh, she says that Sky Blue, the only things that anything, or excuse me, the only good things that anyone has ever had to say about her involve her bottom. I mean, that bra was doing her a lot of favors last night, too. So, you know, there's two things right there. Uh, or four if you count them separately. Fair. Uh, it's going to be Tony <laughs> versus Sky on Dynamite. Uh, we had Vakingo against Kip Sabian. Uh, this was just kind of a random match that happened. Okay. Uh, I, I like Kip Sabian's look and I know he's a decent enough hand, but yeah, it he hasn't, hasn't all come together. Yeah. I, and I don't know what he's missing, but, um, you know, Vikingo did his flippy things. Apparently, um, Keith Lee backstage with Lexi Nair got interrupted by Shane Taylor and mm-hmm. Lee Moriarty. Mm-hmm. We're going to finally get Shane Taylor versus Keith Lee at ring final of honor final battle pay-per-view. Yes. Okay. Um, and then the main event was Brian Danielson, Eddie Kingston, Kingston goes O for two as oh. a one-eyed Brian I Kingston goes over Danielson. And I was like, Oh wow. One-eyed Brian Danielson wins his first match in the tournament. Wow. Uh, to recap where we are with the tournament so far on the blue league side of things <laughs> that is currently 
in the number one position, Brody King with six points. Okay. Uh, second, three people are tied with three points. That's Andrade, Danielson, and Claudio. Then Garcia and Eddie Kingston down at the bottom with goose eggs. Wow. The gold, excuse me, in the gold league, John Moxley and Swerve Strickland tied with six points. Then Jay White and Roosh tied with three. Jay Lethal and Mark Briscoe come in with goose eggs. Okay. Uh, Dynamite this coming Wednesday will have John Moxley versus Roosh. Fuck yes. Hell yeah. Uh, Jay White versus Jay Lethal, where I assume the winner gets to be Jay and the other one loses it. <laughs> what happens to Christian? <laughs> <laughs> and then we've got Swerve versus Mark Briscoe, which I think may surprise us. Yeah. Um, and then also on that show, the aforementioned Christian Cage, Adam Copeland, TNT title match, and Tony Storm versus Sky Blue for the women's title. It's and a solid then, card for Montreal. Yes, indeed. And then uh, on uh, Collision, we're going to have the very weirdly thrown together Kenny Omega, uh, Ethan Page match. And then for the Blue League, Claudio versus Eddie Kingston and Danielson versus Andrade. Oh, Claudio should, and Eddie should uh, should be great. Oh, yeah. I mean, their last match of Grand Slam was absolutely yeah. fucking fantastic. But yeah, that's that's what we're looking at for Canada. Um, I'm surprised you haven't announced anything for Jericho, but I'm also kind of thankful they haven't announced anything. For He'll Jericho. show up. I mean, he showed up unannounced at a fucking wrestling show in Vietnam over the weekend. I'm not making that up. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I I don't know why this is a thing. He went over uh, to pay his respects to Ho Chi Minh or something? Probably something like that. <laughs> Look, if there's any moment in life where I wanted a comic to become reality, if in the middle of that promo he's cutting in a Vietnam pro wrestling ring, a giant 60-foot blue naked Dr. Manhattan comes in and just absolutely <laughs> evaporates him <laughs> because I am tired of this person. I am tired of his stupid games. So that man, me and the three other people who get that reference just popped really hard. <laughs> The Rough House Podcast is a weekly podcast fueled by coffee, pizza rolls, and the stench of dirty litter boxes. Follow Christoph and Marty on Twitter at RoughHouseSGW, at Facebook.com slash The Rough House Podcast, and at Patreon.com slash The Rough House Podcast for early access to episodes, exclusive podcasts, Rough House Redos, and Rough House Divided movie trivia games. New episodes drop every single Monday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe, motherfuckers! This is the, the Rough, House, Rough Pod. House uh podcast with Justin and Christoph. That's it. Fuck Christoph. He's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up, because this is the Rough House podcast with Marty and my least favorite man on the planet, Christoph. Life is too short for you to live bland. Hello. This is Sean Connery for the Rough House Podcast's new sponsor, Cesaro Spice. Add a little Cesaro to the situation and spice it up a little. Bitch wife making that bland bitch chili of hers? A pinch of Cesaro Spice will add that necessary zing to keep you from giving that whore a giant swing. Cesaro Spice. Stuck in traffic and the missus won't stop yammering? A sprinkle of Cesaro Spice in her mouth will shut her up real good like. Shuttle up real good. Cesaro Spice. Trapped in a board meeting where the boss won't stop yammering and jammering and mammering. Neutralizes bullshit with some Cesaro Spice. 
It's essentially Old Bay, but we changed the label and large Swiss man, you know, like the rolls, or sprinkling someone's eyeballs. Cesaro Spice, surprise her by laying the outer layer of one of your Trojan condoms and Cesaro Spice, heat up that pussy with Cesaro Spice. Spicing up life's blander situations. Cesaro Spice, snort that shit with your dickhole.